Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, what's next? Next step. It's the next man up. Next step. Next step. Take the next step. Next step. Next step. Next Next step. This team wants to be next. This is Next Up. With Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy. Let's see. What's next? Let's get things cracking here on a Monday, July 31st. Golly, July is coming and going already. Good morning to the good people of Houston, Texas, best city in America, I say. Stan Norfleet here to my left, Chris Gordy on the other side of the glass there. That is Trey Campbell. Appreciate you rocking with us. Thanks to the Sean Salisbury Show, getting us going each and every weekday morning. We'll take you up until noon. And uh, there was some baseball over the weekend. Gordy, I sweated my ass off over at Texans training camp. I saw that. I have observations. Speaking of Texas camp, in about 29 minutes, we will hear from our very own Texans insider. Brother Aaron Wilson is over there. Pads on today. This is where you find out what your football team really is. I have observations from Sunday. Chris Gordy, good morning. Trey Kim, good morning. How you feeling? Y'all right? I'm good, man. I was out at the ballpark yesterday. Great, uh, great crowd. Unfortunately, Astros couldn't get a win. Yeah. The good thing is, I came home to watch the Padres sweep the Rangers. So Astros won game back. Yeah, we not playing our best, but you know what? The Rangers are sucking, and that's good. But uh, no, all anybody wanted to talk about yesterday, Stan, was the trade deadline. That is coming up tomorrow. Yeah, man. Astros made the one move on Friday. It was nice. Kendall Graveman. Kendall Graveman. Yeah, good addition. But I think a lot of people are looking around at what the Rangers have done, acquiring not one but two stud pitchers in Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery. And a lot of questions. The Mets move Scherzer. Will they move Verlander? Do the Astros have what it takes to reacquire Verlander? I see what you're doing right now. No, no. A lot of questions out there. I'm not going to let you turn this segment into Major League Baseball because it's going to get me upset. I'm going to talk glowingly about Texans camp. Gordy out there on Sunday, guys had shells on. Uh, if you're not familiar with the term shells, it's not shoulder pads, but it's not nothing. It's just a, a lighter shoulder pad, if you will. So guys are flying around. I have observations, and I'll start here. Gordy, I'm concerned about the quarterback room. CJ, I do like the kid. He spoke to the media for the first time at the conclusion of practice on Sunday. Gordy, they are holding on to the ball way too long. The progressions are not coming readily for them. If you're holding on to the ball too long without shoulder pads, you aren't going to speed up when the pads come on. Now, the quarterbacks know they're not going to get hit, but I'm just saying in the gravity of what's going on, I am concerned about the quarterback room, and, well, I, and I asked D'Amico about that. Is this a product of the receivers not being great? Like It's probably a combination of both. Every ranking we look at has yeah. the Texans with the 29th or the 30th best receiving core. When you, when you rank that low, yeah, your receivers are... You know, when you have a DeAndre Hopkins... He's always open. Even when he's not open, Throwing he's open. Yeah. You know, just put it out there. In that so, his direction, yeah. That I, might be part of this. Good point by you. Also, it, it's it's tough to tell, but again, I asked D'Amico about it, and D'Amico expressed 
He said, Stan? Well, he didn't say Stan. He said, God, like, <laughs> addressing me. He was like, Stan, Stan, Stan Norfleet? Come yeah, aside. No, no, I don't know him like that. He's like, look, yeah, that's something that we have to work through. They, they've got to be more definitive. I'm paraphrasing. They need to be more definitive with where they want to go with the football. And with that being said, this is my observation from one day out there at training camp. If I had to start the game today, I'm going with Davis Mills. It's not that CJ isn't capable. It's not clearly his ceiling supersedes that of Davis Mills. The talent is is clear. Gordon, I'm just telling you, bro, if I had to go start a game tomorrow, Davis Mills threw better balls. Davis Mills looked more like what a QB1 should look like than CJ right now. Well, luckily, July 31st, we don't have to start anybody, so there's still plenty of time. I saw Aaron point out CJ did uh, go with the ones today. It's an ongoing rotation with yep. him and Davis Mills, yep. but you know, that's that's the thing here, isn't it? And we keep going back to it. You know, the fact that Carolina has already pinned Bryce Young QB one. You know what? What does CJ have to do here over these next couple weeks? And I saw the, the article Aaron Wilson put up today. It says CJ says I want to earn everything. Well, good because they're making you earn this starting job, and hopefully he shows what he needs to show these next couple weeks. But Part of me is also, even if he doesn't, start him. Again, like starting Davis Mills does nothing for me. I disagree. Well, for the, you. I'm the glad goal, you said the goal as a franchise is to get our get the face of our franchise in there eventually and let him take over and be the guy. Me starting Davis Mills is just like it's it's like everyone knows that's going nowhere. I disagree. I disagree. The goal of the franchise is to win football games. And today down the road. No, right now. D'Amico Ryans has told us by who they paid, by who they signed in free agency, by who they selected. They selected Will Anderson Jr. given what they gave up to draft capital because they want to win games right now. And to win games right now, Davis Mills today gives you the best chance in my eyes. I'm not in love with Davis. I don't have a man crush on Davis. I don't think Davis is the answer in the short-term future. But right now, Davis Mills will be my QB1. And I know people are going to get after me, by the what? way, at Stan Sportsman on social media. Davis Mills is in. When you started, I don't know if somebody can pull that up. How many games has he started? It's two seasons worth of starts. He has more experience and a culmination of experiences to pull from. Real game time, I know what that's going to be. I'm going to count on Bobby Slowick and the offensive coaches, Gerard Johnson, the rest of the staff, to put those guys in position. I asked C.J. Stroud. Gordon specifically about, hey, you're a California homeboy. You know, you you and Bryce are going to be connected. You've been connected your whole career. Bryce has been named number one. Essentially, how does that make you feel? CJ said to us in the media, he said, that's Bryce's situation. Like, good for him, like, whatever, whatever. But I, essentially, I don't worry about Carolina. I worry about here in Houston. And whatever my team and my coaches need me to be, it was the perfect answer, Gordy. But CJ didn't appear to be uh, moved by what the hell is going on in Carolina. Again, I, I just go back to 2017 when Bill O'Brien sold us a bill of goods. I Tommy, Tommy Savage is just he he's he's doing all the things right. Tom Savage is ahead of Deshaun Watson right now. I'm telling you right now. And we saw Tom Savage get the start week one, and everybody went, "What the hell are we doing? We've seen enough of Tom Savage to know he sucks." 
They throw him out there. What happens? He sucks. And by halftime, they're benching him and going to Deshaun Watson. And then it was Deshaun Watson's show the rest of the way. Can I say this to you? If we got to do that with Davis Mills against Baltimore. Davis Mills is better than Tom Savage was at any point in his career. So it's not an apples to apples. The situation. Andy Dalton is better than Davis Mills. And he's already been pinned the number two backup. Again, to CJ's point, that's what Carolina decided. That shouldn't impact. Well, then why are we stupid to sit here and? Why would you call it stupid? <laughs> because it's why? if they start Davis Mills, that is stupid. Why? Because it's what are you? What have are you, you trying seen, to do? Have you seen? Trying to win games. So you believe right now in an NFL game, CJ's better than Davis right now today. You believe this? I'm asking. No, not not on July 31st. Okay, a week but by from, the time we get to September, a, a week I would from, hope he is better. A week from thir- CJ's not going to pass Davis Mills in a month. So l- let me be clear, and I'm glad you're saying this. Houston Texans, those that are streaming this show all over the world. In a month, if C.J. Stroud is selected as named QB1, that doesn't mean he's better than Davis. It means they're going in that direction. Okay, is he more, I don't believe in four weeks, is he all more, of a sudden, C.J. is going to be better than Davis. I don't is believe he that. more talented than Davis? Everybody knows, knows that. Of course okay. he is. But more talent doesn't mean better to operate as a, a system. For you to believe in a kid enough to take him number two overall. It doesn't mean he's ready to go today. It doesn't mean he's ready to go in September. uh, CJ may pass Davis in October. It may be bleeping December. Don't know. And I I enjoy the conversation. What you're saying may be right. But again, ain't no person in that building judging D'Amico and staff on how they perform week one against the Ravens. Like, they may look at it and go, you know what? Davis Mills probably does give us a better chance to execute the offense and go win in Baltimore. But at the end of the day, C.J. Stroud is the quarterback of the future. You got four years to prove yourself, D'Amico. We don't need you to go out and try to win week one. I disagree. We want you to I get disagree. C.J. ready I, I disagree. to go no, for no, the no, future. No, 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 no. I need you to win games and get C.J. ready. Let's go out to the phone lines. Something we rarely do here on this show. In the first segment, Steve out on Northwest Side. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Steve. Uh, Hey, Steve. Hey, Stan. Hey, um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, it takes more than one man to to run this offense. And if you you build an offense of offensive line, I know we don't have the the receivers, but we we do have a a couple of good backs. I agree with you. There's no reason to put him out there and have him throw a couple interceptions, get a bad taste in people's mouth. Let him sit and watch and agree. And I'm I'm with the, uh, the other guy on there. I don't like Davis Mills, but you know what? You're right. He has two years of experience. That is huge in the NFL. And I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate the call, Steve, on the Northwest side. Thank you, brother. He has two years of sucking in the NFL. What does that mean? I mean, okay. But listen. You get to start because you've sucked for two years? I think you are grossly undervaluing what it means to go out there Sunday after Sunday and do the actual job. Yes. CJ has more upside. Yes, CJ is more talented. Yes, CJ is the face of the franchise moving forward. Winning games right now, there are nuances of the position to play the quarterback. Sean Salisbury, I I did not hear the guys this morning because I was in transition. I imagine if we were to ask Sean Gordy, Sean would say, yeah, Davis Mills gives you the best chance to win right now. Now, that doesn't mean that CJ shouldn't start. Because, to your point, the coaching staff may be like, look, man, we just need to get him. The only way to get experience is to get experience. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, let's say we wait 
Davis Mills starts half the year, and then C.J. Stroud gets in there. And then next year, C.J. Stroud's a starter, but he's making mistakes week one and week two. What are we going to hear? Well, you know, I mean, it's his first year as a starter, you know? Blah, blah, blah. So it's like we're, we understand rookie quarterbacks have to go through their growing pains. They're going to go through trials and errors. They're going to go through bad games and all that. I'm just saying, let's get that. Let's get the show on the road. Let him go through his trials and tribulations so that by year two and year three, we're hitting the ground running. Not, a Not wasting, our, spinning our wheels with Davis Mills. What's the ceiling with Davis Mills as a, as a starter? So let me ask you a question. Seven wins? I watched Davis Mills, and we don't talk about this enough. We'll continue Texas talk on the other side. 713-212-5790. You want to get in on, on Texans talk. Quarterback situation is one of my observations coming from training camp. But And I ask you this, like, we undervalue. I think Davis Mills did some good things over the past two years. It's not like his complete career has been a dumpster fire. There are moments in a challenging environment over there at NRG, given the coaching staff and the scenario, the talent around him. Davis Mills might be better, not the guy, but he might be better in this new environment. We'll continue talks and Texans on the other side. This is next up on Sports Talk 790. Yeah. What's going on, Ace Town? Appreciate you rocking with us. Your home of Houston sports. Real Texans listen to Sports Talk 790. And that's what we talk about now. The Houston Texans, I know, forgive me for my voice. Gordy pointed out, saying you sound terrible. I was like, I woke up, and I was not feeling great. Let's go out to the phone lines now. The Texans quarterback situation, I was out there on Sunday on my social media. I posted a couple things that made Chris Gordy happy that I was posting. And uh, people were lined up for QB1. We heard from C.J. Stroud. I heard from Jerry Hughes. Running back to Singletary. One Devin Singletary spoke as well. We will get into that. I have other observations that I want to float by you guys as well. 713-212-5790. Texans practicing right now. We'll hear live first day of pads for the Texans. We'll hear from Texans insider Aaron Wilson coming up in about 10 minutes. Let's go to Westside Joe. Wants to get in on the quarterback conversation Chris Gordy and I were having earlier. Westside Joe, Davis Mills Davis will be my quarterback one right now. Where you at on the quarterback situation? Well, here's the thing, Stan. I, I, I see what Chris is coming from because he, he, we sitting here in Houston, man, for the last couple of years, and we're watching this guy. But to Davis Mills' defense, he has uh, dealt with a couple of coordinators since he's been drafted, man. And so we really don't know what we have in Davis under under this new regime. However, if those other two quarterbacks, I mean, the other quarterback that's coming in, and you hired him to come in for the do the job with a new regime, I say you go with the the, the young kid and start it. And if Davis earns his, his way back, yeah, he's got two years, but if he's earned his way back to being like a starter, that's cool. But other than that, man, I want the fresh start with the new guy so we can all grow together. Because it's almost like we're putting a reset button with Davis. And then if Davis goes down, then we have to start over with, with the mistakes of CJ. That started out from the beginning, and I hang up and listen. Joe, I appreciate the call. I, I would love to ask Joe this question, Gordy, because he, he shares your sentiment. I'm not far removed from where you and Westside Joe are. I'm just not completely where you are because I ask you this. What if you start CJ the first month of the season and those are losses? I'm just, just bear with me. 
those are losses. Is the experience for CJ with some losses worth more than growing CJ behind the scenes and maybe winning a game or two with Davis? Are the wins now more valuable than the experience with CJ? I think the wins are more valuable. It's all how it looks. I mean, is he performing well, but the defense has given up? You know, they they lose on last second field goals. I mean, loss is a loss. But if Davis looks or if CJ looks good, then what if he does? Okay, what if he doesn't? Well, he doesn't. I I chalk it up to that's rookie growing pains. He's got to go. But this is my point: rookie growing pains when D'Amico is trying to win games. I don't know that there's a definitive right or wrong answer. That's why I'm asking the people: seven one three two one two five seven ninety. You can send us a tweet at Sports Talk seven ninety. If you want to get in on that, let's go to uh, Andy the Mailman chiming in on Texans quarterback talk. What's up, Andy? Hey, what's going on, Nick Stan? Hey, up? look, uh, uh, I got to agree on with Gordy on this one. Uh, the, the subject you guys talking about, I literally, me and my, my buddy I grew up with, we went out to the practice yesterday, and. When CJ was threatening, CJ, when he was throwing the ball, he had the people hollering, you know, because he was putting it there. So, of course, he throwing a couple of them over, but he was putting it there. David Mills, to me, was looking exactly sort of like he did when he played, throwing the ball behind people and throwing the ball over their head. And he threw an interception with nobody rushing him. Uh, come and, on. Andy, I'm going to just tell you what I saw. Okay, go ahead. What I saw, Davis Mills threw better balls consistently over the course of the practice than CJ did. I saw a couple routes where Davis Davis Mills threw one to Xavier Hutchinson, Xavier Hutchinson, and I was like, okay, okay that's an NFL throw. Now, I wasn't in the huddle. I was just watching the play on the side like the rest of the media. Davis Mills okay. did not look bad out there on Sunday. I'm just saying what I saw. Okay. Now, well, yeah. But but I understand the notion, right? Like, you want to run CJ. So I ask you the question. Would you rather CJ go out there and maybe he looks good, maybe he looks bad? Is the experience for CJ, for you, more important than Davis Mills potentially winning you games? Which one do you take? Well, uh, actually... I want to. I want to win some games. Okay, I want to win some games, and and maybe you know it been it been. I ain't gonna say everybody. It's been quarterbacks to start out and learn as they take you know take the lumps and learn as they go. So it's quite possible that you know it may work and it may not. And it you and your philosophy may be right where he could sit back and and take some of this stuff in, then put himself out there. You know. But uh, I think I would go to I would let him go on out there and, and just put his feet in the water. I appreciate the call. That's Andy the mailman giving us a chime in on the and, quarterback situation. Go ahead, Gordon. And let me just say, like where I feel differently. Had this team had Davis Mills, because because you mentioned, I mean, new coordinator, fresh start for him as well. Bad offensive line. Um, had this team taken Hendon Hooker in the second round, I'd probably be on board with you. So you're caught up in the drafts. Of I'm like caught the up in you took this guy two overall. When you take a quarterback top two, that's your dude. And more often than not nowadays, it used to be, oh, we sit him and, we, and you learn for a year and you learn behind a veteran. Nah, 
that's not been the way of the NFL in recent years. The recent years in the NFL, if you were a quarterback drafted top two, you the man. You the face of the franchise. We're giving you the keys to the Ferrari. Was Zach Wilson Let's ready go. to go in New York? Zach Wilson had no business. I'm, I'm being asking you a question. Drafted they that took high. him number two. I get it. Was he ready to go? But did they start him? Um, they did. Okay. I, I, should they have? Right, wrong, or indifferent? They shouldn't you take have. a guy he wasn't top two, ready. You put him there. He'll now, never be ready. Now, He's not an NFL quarterback. Now, now CJ is way further along yes. than Zach Wilson. But I'm just at like Zach wasn't ready to go. Why, why would you do that? Because he'll never be ready to go. He sucks. That was a mistake on their part. But I'm just saying, like, when you take a, a, a quarterback top two, you're sending a message to fans, everybody in your I don't organization, care about that. this is our guy. I don't care about that, and I don't think Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan should care about that. I don't give a bleep where I drafted to do that. I care about... Oh, the, I do, because... I care about the functionality D'Amico's of attached the attached to CJ. If CJ's a For the next five years, six right. years. Right, so let's get his legs under him now. Let's, no, let's get going. Let's go win ball games right now. Right. But that's you, oh, you, you just said it for the next five years. Why do I care about winning? Winning week one is not going to make D'Amico a Hall of Fame coach. It's not going to get him fired. Uh, if you, he you know what it does do? It expedites the program. Didn't Lovey Smith win week one last year? I'm not sure. I mean, that doesn't do anything for him. No, like, it does. Because Lovey is in a different situation than D'Amico. Lovey didn't have a franchise quarterback. D'Amico does. Lovey didn't have the roster that D'Amico does. Lovey didn't come with the fanfare that D'Amico does. It's two totally different situations. The Lovey tied week one last year. That's right. David yeah, yeah, Culley yeah. beat, beat the snot out of Jacksonville his week one game. Oh, oh my can't God. Believe, can't believe you and then they lost God. the next eight games in a row. All right, I have other training camp observations. And speaking of that, we'll hear from Texas insider Aaron Wilson. He is at camp right now. Practice probably another half hour to go, and then we will uh, get some coaches talking and some players talking post game. Let's go to Aaron Wilson and see who's crack-a-lacking with shoulder pads on today. This is next up on the Mighty Sports Talk 790. What's going on, good people? We're getting things rolling here on a Monday, last day of July. Talking Houston Texans training camp. I was out there on Sunday sweating my butt off. Guys were flying around with shells on, but now we go out to Aaron Wilson, live from NRG. Aaron, shoulder pads on. Who's looking good? Who sucks? Yeah, they're looking good. It's been a good practice so far, especially for Blake Cashman, second day in a row that he intercepts a quarterback. Yesterday, he got Davis Mills. Today, he picks off C.J. Stroud as C.J. rotates his turn with the first-team offense. Also saw a Davis Mills touchdown pass to Xavier Hutchinson gets behind Jacoby Francis. So, yeah, a couple of the highlights today. And a little thin out there. There's some guys that aren't practicing. Tight end. You have Dalton Schultz, who Amico Ryan said will be fine. I think he's dealing with soreness. He's not practicing. Brevin Jordan has a hamstring. Brandon Hill, hamstring. Jarrett Patterson also has a leg injury. George Spence not practicing. So some guys are starting to... Have injuries. Christian Kirk season with leg injury. It's not practiced in a couple of days. So you're seeing Blake Cashman working with the ones more as he tries to make the team again. And, and he's been a good coverage linebacker so far early in camp. Aaron, years ago, you, you worked for Baltimore for years. I'm sure the weather was actually nice this time of year. You've been in Houston these last handful of years. It can get pretty damn hot. I mean, we, you and I have been out there. We, we've sweat through shirts uh, out there watching practice. Well, you sweat through Is shirts that, all the time. Well, that's true. Uh, you sweat walking in the door. The uh, 
how much oh. how much does the heat play into this, Aaron? I mean, like, because and how much is this just being overly precautious this time of year with some of these guys? I mean, you always take these precautions, and the heat, I believe, is a factor. Like Noah Brown's riding on a stationary bike there, so they are dealing with some numbers issues, and a lot of it is kind of that usual. If you compare the previous years, I think it's similar to how many guys not practicing when you know you just acclimating to the heat, being in full pads like they are today, it takes a toll. And then you have thinner numbers, and you have to look for other guys. So they do have a tryout today with a defensive tackle, Khalil Davis, and they have a tryout tomorrow with a tight end, James O'Shaughnessy. I'm sure he won't be the only tight end trying out for them. So they're looking for some help. And uh, if you remember, I didn't mention Troy Harrison, still getting more word on the severity of his injury last year. Uh, yesterday, he was carted off. So a, lot, a lot of little health things going on here. C.J. Stroud addressed the media as you were there, as was I, at the conclusion of practice yesterday. How do you think C.J. Stroud is handling this uh, rotation at QB1? I think he looks good. He's definitely embracing the competition. He's not someone that's complaining about his repetitions. He's more of a you know, I take what I get and I make the most of it. And, uh, you know, D'Amico Ryan's is pretty gushing about how he's looked so far. I think those are all encouraging signs. The fact that he's just a very mature kid and handles a press situation like that well, handles all situations well. And I'm sure, you know, an interception won't, won't throw him either. Talking with Aaron Wilson. Uh, Aaron, you had the piece up yesterday on uh, Amari Rogers, you know, kind of a mutual parting of ways to to let him go pursue. But, I mean, look, it looks like they've they've got a lot of other weapons in that room. Xavier Hutchinson, I know, made a nice catch today and 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 has been kind of turning some heads. Mm -hmm. Um, Where does that leave them with that receiving group? It's a sign of the times that they've improved at the wide receiver position. And, you know, last year, yeah, Amari Rogers good enough to play and even catch a touchdown against the Dallas Cowboys this year. He saw the writing on the wall, and in talking with Amari, he said he really appreciated that when he approached Danico Ryans and Nick Cicero and asked to be released, that they were receptive to that and give him a chance to make a 53-man roster elsewhere. So I thought that that was, you know, the right thing for him. And as he said, you know, he, you know, is betting on himself, and he is no hate for the Texans. He appreciates what the Texans did for him, and uh, I think they did the right thing, absolutely. But in talking to Amari, you know, he noted, he said, hey, they've added a lot of guys. They brought in new guys. These are their guys. They drafted Tank Dell. They drafted Xavier Hutchinson. They signed Robert Woods. They signed Noah Brown. John Mechie is back. So all of that is a factor, and that's the reason why it just crowds him out and put him from really, or he would have been on the bubble to make the team, or, you know, probably would have been released at the end of, training camp into the preseason, so it's better for him to leave now. I was wrong about Amari Rogers. I thought he was going to be one of the six receivers selected. Clearly, he didn't feel like that that was going to happen, so he is out. So I'll take the L on Amari Rogers. One of my observations out there, Aaron, when you and I were standing around yesterday, I am growing more concerned about Will Anderson Jr.'s size. He had a really good rush against Titus Howard, if you remember. 
Now that the pads are on, have you seen anything at this point about Will Anderson Jr. going up against Larry Tones on the tightest every day, which is a benefit for him? Your observations, Will Anderson well, Jr.? There was a move today uh, where he threw a swim move that I thought was pretty good. I think he angered around the corner. He has a plan as a pass rusher. He's pretty good. We just aren't really – today is not as – even though they're in full pads – they're kind of easing into it. There's not a lot of plastic popping uh, is the truth because, you know, they do have an injury situation and it hasn't been as physical as you would, you know, just on paper expect it to be, oh, they're in full pads, they're going to hit now. It's been more like a stud type of practice, if even that. It's been light. Talk with Aaron Wilson. Aaron, a week from Thursday, this Thursday, will be the Texas first preseason game up in New England. Uh, what do they need to accomplish before they go up there and kind of have their their first dress rehearsal, if if you will? I'm sorry, that cut out a little bit uh, on your question. Yeah, just a, a week from this Thursday will be the Texas first preseason game up in New England. What what do they need to accomplish in these what seven, eight, nine, ten days before they have their big dress rehearsal? I think they've got a lot of work to do in terms of some run stuff because you know they've been throwing the ball a lot, but you need to put a lot of time into running. You're going to run the ball a lot in a game, and you know, it's not just going to be like seven-on-seven seven out there. They're going to have to you know, block it, get off blocks, and it's hard to simulate that. And that's kind of the where you see some sloppiness, sometimes some missed tackles, and you know guys having problems with their fits on blocking because you can only do so much out here without hurting each other. And that's the balancing act that teams have to do. But, yeah, I think it's imperative for them. They've got some good backs. You know, how much do you play these guys? And we're going to find out more. I'm not expecting necessarily for Demico Ryans, who's not super specific on this guy's playing this series, this guy's not. I don't know if he'll announce who's starting the preseason game. You know, we're going to see uh, how does he answer those questions next week as we get closer to the game. But, you know, I'm uh, curious to find out all of that stuff. How will he orchestrate it? You know, what's the playing time like? Does he believe everyone's different? You know, is he going to be like Kyle Shanahan? Is he going to have some sort of different own plan and strategy on the playing time distribution and which guys don't get to play? Like, who are the chosen ones that they don't play preseason? Does he have a list like that? So we're going to find out quickly. Aaron Wilson, Texans Insider here on Sports Talk 790. Joining us, Stan Northley, that's Chris Gordy on my left. And we'll get you out of here on this one, brother. Thinking about that defensive side of the football. Kirksey is out. You bragged on Blake Cashman because of his play. Uh, Denzel Perriman looked like he was running with the ones yesterday. But in front of those guys on the second level, defensive tackle-wise, what are we seeing Malik Collins and uh, Sheldon Rankins? I did not notice Sheldon, yesterday, what can you tell us now that the pass on with the big boys up front on the defense side of the ball? It's still a lot of Malik, Roy Lopez, Jerry Hughes, and Jonathan Gennard as the first team defense, I expect. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
very soon for Sheldon Rankins to be with the ones, and he's just just started practicing. He was dealing with an illness uh, medication thing and nothing serious, and now he's able to practice. So, yeah, I expect him to be out there. and It to be a very strong tandem inside uh, with Malik and Sheldon. So that's, uh, that's one to watch. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I lied. I do have one more. Gordon, the secondary. Jimmy Ward makes a play um, against Dalton Schultz. They were going up for the ball, and that's what led to the Dalton Schultz injury. Was that an abdomen, Aaron, or was that a knee? I couldn't tell what he was holding on to. Obviously, he's not practicing today, as you just said. But Jimmy- kind of like a hip feel, I think hip, hip slash oblique area, and I think that's what's sore after the collision where yeah. he landed on it and the way he was holding it. So yeah, there, when I asked Demico Ryan's, there was not a lot of specificity other than he will be fine. So I think he's just dealing with soreness. I have not heard of anything major going on with uh, Stone Schultz. And it's just kind of a reminder of how important he is to the offense. Without without him, it's really a major threat. I thought the secondary, and we'll, we will wrap on this one, the secondary, Jimmy Ward, Petrie was flying around, Stingley looked all right, uh, Shaq Griffin, I thought, looked good. Like, that secondary, to me, they appear to be ahead of everybody else. Of, of all the position groups, I would say that secondary, they look ready to roll. What are you seeing from the fellas in the back? Most talented group on the team really has a chance to be an excellent, excellent group with Steven Nelson, who's had a good camp and has had an interception. With Jalen Petrie, who's flying around, looks even better than he did last year. With Eric Stingley, who's taking that next step. And you think about adding a physical guy like Jimmy and, you know, I don't think he did it wrong. It was just kind of a, a collision, as they say, a bang-bang play. But, you know, Jimmy is a rough dude, and they didn't have that intimidating presence in the secondary last year. And there's no knock on Jonathan Owens. It's just a little bit different. Jimmy is a bigger. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rougher guy, and he's looking for contact all the time. It's kind of like a heat-seeking missile out there. I expect some big hits this year from Jimmy Ward. There it is. Aaron Wilson, we'll let you get back to practice, brother. I know you got uh, some content coming as Texans will wrap up camp at 11. Make sure you follow our brother, Aaron Wilson, Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. Thanks, brother. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a little bit. All right, PC there. We come back. uh, Other NFL nuggets in the division. Couple things. What the hell is going on in Indianapolis? The owner has been vocal about personnel matters. And uh, there was something else I saw. Oh, also in the division, same team. Speaking of quarterbacks, Gordy, did the Texans select the right one? 
There are people that are bullish on another young quarterback in the AFC South. Hour two approaching our way. Final hour of the show. This is next up on Sports Talk 790. What's good, everybody? Stan Norfleet here at Stan Sportsman on social media. He is at Chris Gordy. Thanks to everybody that's uh, got us locked. Preset one in your vehicles. I thought you were Doc Rivers for a second. Yeah, I feel like Doc Rivers right now. By the way, you brought up something. What did you just say? Doc Rivers, uh, he may get the analyst job on ESPN. What's going on over there? Michael or um, Mark Jackson out on NBA Finals games. ESPN, obviously they fired Jeff Van Gundy. They're moving Mark Jackson off the NBA Finals. They're promoting Doris Burke. So your NBA Finals crew on ESPN ABC will be Mike Breen with Doris Burke and Doc Rivers. So I guess I Doc love, Rivers is not going to coach again. Uh, yeah, apparently so. So I love Mike Breen. He does a great job. Doris Burke, I love. She's excellent at what she does. I don't love Doc Rivers in that position. And certainly I don't love Doc Rivers more than Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson belongs. Like, they should have never moved on from Van Gundy. They should have kept Breen, Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson. That was the crew. That was stupid. But I'm sure there are financial implications and who knows the political things behind the scenes. Doris Burke and Mark Jackson don't love it. I would love J.J. Reddick with Doris Burke and Breen. That's just interesting. Uh, Doris Burke has been doing NBA Finals coverage and playoff coverage with ESPN Radio. So anyway, I sound like Doc Rivers, but clearly Doc is going to <laughs> see. All right, let's uh, finish up football talk. NFC South, or excuse me, AFC South. I sent this to you over the weekend. What do you make of Jim Ursay, owner of the Colts in Indianapolis? He met with Jonathan Taylor with a lot of running back talk. Jonathan Taylor, they met, and it's almost like going to arbitration, right? Jay, um, uh, Kyle Tucker sat in on his arbitration hearing for the Astros. Jonathan Taylor wanted to hear directly from the owner, the dude that cuts the check, why am I not getting paid, bro? And Jim Ursay, and I paraphrase, is like, bro, we just don't value it like that. Jonathan Taylor is the best player they have. Gordy, it was just odd to see the owner be that vocal about the running back. He's always kind of been that way, though. Jim Irsay is kind of a wild card. Well, when you have a few beverages, you normally get pretty talkative and yeah, like they and get his, on social media. Beverages and, and pills. Drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, it, it is a weird thing, though, because what was it? Was it Schefter who reported that uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, some injury concerns, or is having some back issues? And then, so, yeah, it was interesting. To your point, Ian Rappaport, rap sheet on NFL Network on Sunday reported. Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade after meeting with Ursay. Then it comes out, uh, it came out, what was that? It was something about, Taylor. the Colts are talking about putting Jonathan Taylor on the non-football injury list with a apparent back issue. I guess he has back pain from carrying the Colts offense. Yeah, that part. Will Jonathan Taylor play against the Texans? I don't have a schedule in front of me. Actually, no. I do. Will Jonathan Taylor be the running back week two? Two. Yeah, September 17th. Will the Texans face Jonathan Taylor? Um, I'll say yeah. I think they'll get it figured out by then. But he was, he underachieved last year. Like, for all those people that were, you know, like, for those of us who play fantasy football, he be ashamed, he's been that guy, he like, he's been that number one dude recent years. So it's he like is. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan no. Taylor. He had one 100-yard rushing game last year. They were terrible. 
Okay, but he's still, if you're the best running back in the league, you should still be producing. Uh-huh. He got 20-plus carries a game. Trust me, you and I, we're going to have fun this football season. Gord, I need you to trust me when I say this to you. This is a Bill Parcells-ism. All running backs run the same when there is no hole to run through. So I don't give a bleep who you are. If you were an alien like Adrian Peterson, you know we don't talk about enough? The line he had to run through. Now, yards after contact, Adrian Peterson a beast. Quint- like, that's my guy. Quentin Nelson sucks. Quentin Nelson Brian is a Hall Kelly of sucks. Brian Kelly is okay. I mean, it's a pretty good old line. How did they play? No, you name two dudes. You can't say that's a good old line. <laughs> well, you name I'm, two dudes. I'm saying run uh, trap left if you got those two guys that there. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Also, Indianapolis Colts. Gordon, what we ha- we talked so much about Bryce Young. I asked C.J. Stroud yesterday directly. C.J., your boy Stroud. Uh, C.J., your boy uh, uh, Bryce Young is in Carolina. He's QB1. How you feel about that? He's like, look, I just worry about my situation. Like, it's my situation. That's his situation. Like, I'm not. Okay, cool. Now, quietly, do I think there's a healthy competition? Yes. He's been backseat to Bryce his whole life. That's got to bother a man. So he, can, he can't lie to me. I know what it is. Now, what we don't talk about, Gordy, did the Texans take the right quarterback? Quietly, there are people in NFL circles going, this Anthony Richardson dude in Indianapolis might be the guy long term. I sent you something over the weekend. Get this. This is from... Uh, Dove Kleinman, uh, he's an aggregator for NFL content on social media. Anthony Richardson is now weighing 255 pounds, 11 pounds heavier than he was at the combine when he ran 4-4-3. It says Richardson has been impressing his coaching staff, especially how quickly he's picking things up. He's been able to take in play calls, speak them clearly in the huddle, Off-season practices, um, he's way ahead of schedule. He says a lot of the things that rookie quarterbacks often struggle with, Anthony Richardson is apparently checking the box per Albert Breer. Richardson was recently given first-team reps in training camp. He competes with Gardner Minshew for QB1. Do you think it's possible, Gordy, that two years from now, Anthony Richardson is ahead of CJ? No. Because, he, you know what, all that stuff sounds great. He's put on weight. He's done this. He's taken leadership. You know what he still struggles with? Accuracy. That's not what the report said. I didn't see anything about, about him being accurate. It literally says Richardson has been oppressing the coaching staff, especially with how quickly he didn't pick things up. Yeah. Let me know when he gets hit. Let me know when the tackling starts. I'm not, I'm, the man is 255 pounds. I'm not worried about him getting hit. I've watched him almost all his games at four. Oh, split in time with Emory game. Jones and then last year as a full-time starter. Did you watch Josh Billy Allen Napier. in Wyoming? I didn't, how well is did he? not watch much. How well is Josh Allen playing right now? I didn't like Josh Allen. He's, he's impressed. Do you like him now? He's okay. I, he's, he's, not, okay. he's not must-see TV he's for me. Okay. I understand why other people he's like him. okay. I, look, <laughs> dude, dude can't win playoff games. It's cool. Uh, what? Anthony Richardson. I he's just, an MVP candidate every year he starts. Jalen Hurts is the one exception to the rule of somebody who was a not-accurate quarterback not who true. became accurate. Lamar Jackson. Not true. I'm glad you pulled that up. Here is a list. Lamar ain't got any weapons. That's his problem. Here's a list of quarterbacks that got more accurate. I know we got to get out of here. Uh, here we go. Quarterbacks that got more accurate when they got in the league. But I saw this the other day. Just to go back to your... Drew Brees got more accurate. Matt Ryan oh, got more ridiculous. accurate. They, I'm looking at the numbers. Drew Brees in college, 61% completion percentage. Yeah. Andy got, Richardson didn't sniff 60s. He got he better. In the 50s. 
he got better. Russell Wilson, better. Carson Palmer, better. Jay Cutler, better. Tom Brady, better. Kirk Cousins, better. Aaron Rodgers got better completion percentage on Sunday. Your question was, who do I, who am I banking on two years from now? CJ Stroud better be better than Anthony Richardson. That's not what I asked. Better. It's like, who do you think will be? I would choose CJ. And I said, real, real talk. I said, Stroud should be the selection at two. They took him. I would have taken Stroud. Is it outside the realm of possibility that Anthony Richardson will be better? It's not. He's an alien. Dudes on Sunday. He's going to make some great plays with his legs. Dudes on Sunday get busy. Anthony Richardson is a freak. CJ's not a freak. He's a specialist. We will see moving forward. Speaking of freaks, there were some guys that uh, towed a rubber. Some freaks made move over the weekend, and the Houston Astros didn't get any of them. Trade deadline coming up tomorrow on the top of the second hour. We discuss. Dana Brown tells us what he's going to do. I don't agree. This is Sports Talk 790. Now, what's next? Next step. It's the next man up. Next step. The next step. Take the next step. Next step. Next step. Next Next step. This team wants to be next. This is Next Up. With Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy. Let's see. What's next? Next, next, next? All right, let's get some work done here. Final hour of the show. Matt Thomas, Ross Virial coming your way at noon. Stan Norfleet. He is Chris Gordy. Trey Campbell on the other side of the glass there. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us as we are your home of Houston sports. And remember, real Texans talk takes place right here. You guys listen to Sports Talk 790. And, uh... Texans were talking, Houstonians, that is, over the weekend, Gordy, where moves being made in Major League Baseball. Now, the Astros did not take care of their business versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Astros dropped two of three versus the Rays over the weekend and find themselves, though, because the Padres beat the bleep out of the Rangers, just one game back in the AL West standings. Cleveland Guardians in town tonight over at Minute Maid Park, 7-10, first pitch. You know where you're home for Astros baseball. However, Gordy, turning the page to MLB free agency, deadline coming up tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern? Uh, Central. 5 p.m. Central is six when. 6 Eastern. 6 Eastern, yeah. So we will see what Dana Brown does over the weekend. We know that um, Kendall Graveman returns to the Astros. Pitched he, a clean inning yesterday. Looks good. Yeah, he'll be a guy that, again, eat up innings, somebody that they know and trust. Dana Brown actually drafted him along with Alex Anthopoulos when they were in Toronto. So they were very familiar with Graveman. Uh, obviously, excuse me, uh, Jim Crane and the Astros organization, familiar with Graveman from 2021. He caught my pregame interview yesterday with Ken, Ken, Kendall Graveman. We inter I interviewed him. I said uh, he brought that up. And he said it was a it was a move uh, for Josh Donaldson, and so mm. he said he joked with Dana, saying, "I'm glad I could help you guys bring an MVP to Toronto mm. there." Uh, you nice. know, so and then he went to Oakland and all that. But yeah. no, it's good to have him back. He said, obviously, it's it's cool to come back here where he was just here a couple years ago. Had to make a financial decision for his family. Nobody blames him. He went and got paid handsomely from the White Sox. Get your money. But the cool thing is, he's got another year left on his deal. So this isn't like a rental. This is a guy that the Astros will have this year and next year. And Steve Sparks brought up an interesting thought this morning about you go get Graveman, who closed out some games with the White Sox. Mm -hmm. You got Ryan Presley. He brought up, what if they don't get a starter? What if they just get another stud closer or reliever, like a Josh Hader with San Diego or something mm -hmm. like that? He said, 
Think about this. We get to the playoffs. So many starters. You're getting. You're like pulling them after five. Like everybody's got that short leash in the playoffs. Mm. You pull your guy after five. Who cares about the other starter? If you've got nails coming out of the bullpen, boom, 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 closing the door, and he compared it to the Kansas City Royals years ago when they won the World Series, that's what they had. Coming out of their bullpen, it was like stud, stud, stud. Yeah. And he's. it was just an interesting angle from from, from Steve Sparks. Because yeah. we're all looking at it going, we need a starter, we need a starter. What if you just had another stud reliever, and you make that reliever room one of the best in, in, in baseball, um, you know, hey, starter, get us through four or five. Bullpen will take it from here. Just kind of a thought. I heard Jeff Blum, he was on with the A-team that you hear weekdays from three to six, Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler. Jeff Blum said, by the addition of Graveman, the Astros now basically have two different sets of relievers where you're not taxing one set of relievers. You have two different groups. So you run with this group for this game, and then tomorrow you turn the page and you go with a separate group. So, like, let's add up the relievers right now. And in no order, Graveman, Blanco. Oh, no, not Blanco. Oh, you he's go, been kind of a yeah, right. You go Graveman. Hector Neris. Neris, yeah. Presley. Presley, of course. Still Maton has been. Maton, he's been overused. worked a lot, yeah. Uh, Montero. That's five. Still got to include him. Stanek, six. Yeah, Stanek. That, so, those have kind of been their 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 main high leverage guys. You know, Seth Martinez has picked, pitched Mar in a couple spots. He got shelled the other day. But mostly it's been, when we're just talking relievers, it's been, May oh, Brian Abreu too. Abreu, yeah. Phil Maton, Brian Abreu, Ryan Presley, Rafael Montero, Hector mm -hmm. Neris, Ryan Stanek, uh, and now you add in Kendall Graveman. And then you got Presley shutting the door. So, like, I'm okay with that. That that's competitive. The headline, however, Gordy, is yesterday it sent waves throughout Houston Astros Twitter. General Manager Dana Brown spoke to what he's going to do from a starting standpoint, and I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but I think he's telling me and us what the reality of the situation is as it pertains to the rotation. Uh, we we would like to do a couple more things if we could if it's uh, if it makes sense you know price tag wise you know as I said I really wouldn't want to give up the farm um, you know because we still have to have sustainable winning here uh, but if if there's a deal that makes sense you know maybe uh, improving the back end of our bullpen um, a little bit more you know our, our guys are a little taxed because. Uh, you know, we've had some starters that went down. And so, you know, if we could improve in that area, that would be outstanding. Um, and right now we're not in the market for a starter. But if, um, you know, if, if something becomes available that makes sense, we, we may jump on it. General manager of the Astros, Dana Brown, just told us right then, hey, Astros fans, that starter, it's not happening. I think, Gordy, that's Dana Brown telling us, I've been making the calls and I just don't have the ammunition to go get the names we've talked about, Jordan Montgomery and Dylan Cease and, and names like that. That front line starter is probably not coming, and that's disappointing for me. Well, it, it's just it's, this is the price of playing poker. I've talked to somebody who said, Dana Brown and the Astros have been in on almost every name you've heard in the last week. They've mm -hmm. made a call. He's not doing his job if he's not making a call. The problem is they don't have the bullets.
Mm-hmm. They just don't. And you heard him say there, we don't want to sell the farm. It's not even selling the farm. You don't have a farm. You barely have a farm. You don't have seeds. When when the <laughs> the Rangers make two monster trades to acquire Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery, two of the best available right. uh, pitchers, the three prospects they gave up were better than the highest rated prospect in their organization. Rangers currently, excuse me, Astros currently don't have a prospect ranked in the top 100. The, yeah. the uh, Rangers gave up two prospects ranked in the top 25. Yeah, it was the uh, Tennessee outfielder, but he he dropped because of this incoming draft. The new prospects yeah. are, are rated higher, so it drops. And so, yeah, look, it's it's tough to, to make the move. And so, you know, do I think there's still an on Verlander? Yes, because of familiarity, because, you know, whereas a lot of teams will look at the price tag on Verlander and go, I don't know if I want to pay that. Whoa. Did I just hear you correctly? You still think Verlander's is a possibility after hearing Dana Brown say just then started? So you still believe what was the option? last line he said? But we'll see if something if else something presents up. itself. the The thing is, and Robert Ford even tweeted this. He said Verlander is owed forty three point three three million dollars yeah, next year, next which, year. which still counts against an acquiring team for uh, CBT purposes, even yeah. if the Mets pay part of it. If Verlander throws a hundred and he says 130. I thought it was 140. I thought, I thought it was 140, yeah. He has a $35 million option for 2025, his age 42 season. Even Robert Ford says these deals aren't simple. It's pros and cons. What can you give us all this? The Mets are still saying we want something for him. We're not just giving up Justin Verlander for nothing. So now it becomes even harder on you. You're the Astros. you got to weigh these options. The upside of getting a Verlander is great, but let's view the negatives. One, we got to give up one of our few top prospects we have. Drew two, Gilbert. Two, we got it. Well, maybe. We'll see. You know, maybe you could get oh, away with giving Gitty. away your sixth and eighth best prospects, whatever. But then you got to take on that money and pray to God as he goes from 40 to 41 to 42 years old that his body stays completely healthy and there are no hiccups on top of all that big money you're spending on him. It's just. Uh, we like the, uh, again, we get attached. We have fan favorites here in Houston, right? We love mm-hmm. Springer. We love Correa. We love Verlander. The idea of getting them back, we like, oh, let's get Verlander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got away the, pro- as much as the pros, we got away the cons as well. By acquiring Kendall Graveman, you had to give up Corey Lee. That's one of the bullets you had. Right. So what I wanted to see from Dana Brown was, okay, Dana, you don't have a lot of money to shot with. Like, Gordon, when I was growing up, God bless my mama. Mama Fleet, we didn't have a lot of money. But I watched that woman budget the hell and stretch a dollar. Like, she was excellent with it. And I get it. Like, when I go to the grocery store, I know what to get, what's on sale, how to make it work to stretch a dollar. Yeah. Dana Brown had to do the same. Dana told us what his thought process is when he gave up Corey Lee for Graveman straight up. Dana saying, Stan, it's not going to happen, bro. And I'm like, Dana, could can you afford to watch the Rangers do what they did? They now have Chapman, Montgomery, and they added Scherzer. Well, I don't think this Astros team can beat that in the postseason. Well, but here's the thing. They they've beat them in the regular season. The, not with those dudes. But, but look, on paper, the Rangers' rotation is light years better than yours. And DeGrom. But here we are. Coming back, maybe. We're still we're only one game behind them. 
And yeah. we've got, pl- I, I still keep harping on this, playoff experience matters. As hot as a good of a team is during the regular season, when this Astros team with all their playoff experience runs into that team. Look, Philly was awesome last year. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, those dudes were studs. Nice. But they ran into better playoff experience, Astros. And the Astros, when it counted most, I would said, say, let me teach you how to Dougie. Come here. This is how we do it. I would say Philly ran into a better lineup. What I look at the Rangers and what they've accumulated based on how they've been playing all year, there is something to experience. I agree with you. But when I hear Dana Brown say right there, Stan, that starting pitcher is probably not coming, that makes me nervous. And there are some people on Astros Twitter that are taking Dana Brown to task. What say you, Houston? 713-212-5790. General manager of our Astros say, it's not a frontline starter. Perhaps it's another reliever. He's still talking about adding another bat. How does that sit with you as Astros eye the deadline one day away? We come back. We keep talking Astros baseball. Cleveland Guardians in town. Sports Talk 790. What up, A-Sound? What's going on? Stan Sportsman here. The name of this show is next up. Chris Gordy alongside. You know, we're your home for Houston sports. That includes home of Astros coverage. Strolls in action tonight. Minute Maid Park, 17 first pitch. Astros on deck coming your way right around 6 once the A-team concludes. Astros one game back of the NL West. Checking the wild card standings. Astros still sitting at the two spot. They'd play uh, Tampa Bay if the playoffs were to start today. Gladly they don't. And uh, we're talking Rangers. Rangers make moves over the weekend. Rangers add Scherzer from the Mets. They also add Jordan Montgomery from the Cardinals. Uh, they made one other move. Was it well, Tipman? Well, Chris, Chris Stratton was also Stratton a, deal, a, a reliever. Correct. And in doing so, they give up their number three, their number 11, and their number 14 prospects to make it happen. Uh, they also, the, the pressure's on them a little bit. Nathan Evaldi, who's been one of their best pitchers all yeah. year, they just had to put him on the IL. Yeah. DeGrom, who they paid all that money to, he's been out basically the entire year. So they right. needed arms. So while this looks on paper like when they get healthy, yes, they've got a surplus of ridiculous arms. They could move Martin Perez to the bullpen. Like, they have, they'll have plenty of options. Yeah. But right now in the moment... They just got swept by the Padres. Their offense has been wildly inconsistent since the All-Star break. Yes. And they're hurting. And here come the Astros. Even though the Astros just lost their first... This, this is why I like, I like pinning it as a positive. The Astros just lost their first series since the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. You're not... As, as not fun as it was to watch the Astros make these blunders defensively yesterday and lose that game, you're still in this. You're still very much in this. You're game out from the, from the Rangers. And uh, and again, we'll see if they make another move. The, the news that Justin Verlander, he picks up win number 215 in his career yesterday. And the Mets reported Verlander is open to a trade. Now, he's got the no trade no clause. clause. He kind of, yeah. it's a James Harden, Anthony Davis type situation. Oh, he can kind of say, if he doesn't like where the Mets want to send him, he can go, nah, not doing it. Um, uh, the Mets are listening. We believe that Dana Brown has made the calls. But if you didn't hear the previous segment, Gordy, when I hear the general manager tell us, Candidly, starter, we will listen, but it's not likely. That makes me nervous because well, I'm, I'm going to be frank, and I know you, you're with the ERA, and I get it. I'm not trying to have that conversation right now. Is he playing poker, though? It may, Is this Dana be. Brown putting us out there to go, that's what may not even be interested? If you're Dana Brown, the, like Major League Baseball knows you need pitching, 
everybody in the league knows you need a starter. There's no, like, playing poker in this scenario doesn't make sense to okay, me. Okay, but flip it to the other side. Mm-hmm. Jose Arquiti's coming back this week. Dana Brown said they're probably going to go to a six-man rotation. When you say six-man rotation, that means you have a bevy of pitching. It doesn't mean, oh, my God, we need to do whatever we can to add a starter. Astros in July had one of the bottom five ERAs in all of baseball. July was putrid for the entire rotation and the relief. They haven't been great. Baseball people know that. So I get it. Dana Brown is kind of operating with one hand behind his back just because they don't have the capital to go get arms like that. But I'm like, man, if they stay like Jose Arquiti, if they stay in Pat, I don't I can't count on Jose Arquiti to come be great. I don't know that he's going to be that. Uh, proverbial electrolyte to get him back. Like, what, I don't know. What if I told you this, though? What if I told you in August, Christian Javier and Framber Valdez are going to get back to their old form of pitching like studs? Would you bet on that? I, I would say they're, it's very likely they're both going to bounce back to what they normally are. So when the pressure gets tighter and when it mounts, you're thinking guys will revert back to themselves without a Justin Verlander no, being I, at the top of the rotation? No, I think it's just ebbs and flows of baseball. Every year we see, you know, Mariano Rivera, one of the greatest closers in baseball. Yeah, he, would have a ra- he would have a random month every season where he stunk. It just happens. It's but, the ebbs but, and flows of a long but season. But when you're Rivera and your good so far outweighs those lows that you're talking about, well, I, get, what, I get a little nervous with Fromber because I'm like Fromber. But Fromber's goods, good has always outweighed his bad. He's been a stud for you the last three, four years. When he hasn't been called upon to be the ace. No, he, he did that that season Justin Verlander was out. He was the ace all year and 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 pitched extremely well. Was in the Cy Young race. Verl- when you've got Verlander, and I understand your point, when Verlander's on the roster, it gives you some relief. But how bad was he last postseason where fans were literally calling for Fromber to start game ones because he was so much better than Verlander but in the postseason? That, in those moments, Fromber knows that Verlander at any point can get the start. So you still have the guy in the building. I'm just saying that there's a, a, a feeling of like assuredness when you have a Verlander on the roster. That So I don't know. I hope Fromber and Javier do get back to being what we know them to be. Javier got his money in the offseason. Fromber's pitching for a contract. I hope we get the best. I just think I know that I don't know that we can bet on that. I need those guys to be better, sure. But to me, what I need more than anything, I need Jordan and Altuve to settle in. And by the way, that Saturday game was awesome. Oh, to watch. yeah, it was just fireworks. If those guys can both settle in and be what they're supposed to be, and Bregman picks it up, and Abreu picks it up, he had a Abreu, couple homers yeah, this he weekend. Had, he had a couple back if they back can days, all yeah. just start to gel and come together a little bit more, that's going to solve all your problems. It definitely will help. Let's go to the phone lines, talk some Astros. Uh, let's go down to Pearland. I was down that way in Manville. I watched the fight. We got to talk about the boxing match. I was in Manville over the weekend. Philip at Pearland, what's going on, bro? Hey, buddy. Oh, no, I, I just, you know, I had some points about the Astros. that I, I love the Graveman acquisition. Um, uh, I just trust the Astros organization. You know, I've doubted them before with Correa and Springer and Morton and all the rest. But, you know, we keep winning. You know, I mean, we're in it now. We're only, uh, like Chris said, we're only one game back. Um, Scherzer, you know, Scherzer faded, man. You know, Trey was just telling me he gave up, what, seven earned runs, you know, in a wild card game against the Padres last year. He was worthless in September for the Mets. 
You know, I'm not terribly, you know, worried about Scherzer being on the Rangers rotation, the way you guys kind of just just piggybacking on the way you picked it apart a little while ago. I think quite rightly. Um, yeah, I'm, and with and I, Stan, I think we're right. We're out on Verlander, and that's okay too. You know, he hasn't been, he wasn't a stud. You know, we can really be picky here because we're the Astros. But last year, he wasn't that great in the playoffs. So did he get one win? You know, it was a glaring error that, what, he had, had six World Series starts and never won one of them. Then finally, we got him one. He got one. But uh, I like the hater idea. Chris, that's, that's the one that I like. And even Dana Brown spoke to it, uh, you know, a stud in the bullpen to back it on the back end. Yeah, I would be cool with adding Hater, and I think, Gordon, you're on to something there. Dana Brown might be looking at this as, I'm just going to get as much relief as I can. I'm going to get some guys, maybe a guy on the back end, and we're just going to stand pat, and I'm going to trust these guys. Like, J.P. France is on the mound tonight. I can't wait to see how a guy yeah. like J.P. France performs when the lights get bright in the postseason. Maybe he steps up, and now next year, maybe you're talking about a guy like J.P. France surpassing Hunter Brown and surpassing yeah. Herkiti and you get Garcia back. Maybe J.P. France is playing his way to being the third starter in this yeah, rotation. And, and the interesting part is they're going up against Noah Syndergaard, who the, who the Guardians just acquired, who you know, Astros, for the most part, have, have handled pretty well throughout his time with the Angels and then last year uh, with the Phillies. So we'll see uh, on that. But, yeah, look, it, it's just a thought. And, again, I credit Steve Sparks. He brought it up. You know, think of how many postseason games, and it wasn't just Dusty, it's every manager in baseball. Now at the first sign of trouble with their starter in a, in a playoff game, yeah. oh my God, sound the alarms, we got to go to the bullpen. And you're talking about pulling a starter in the fourth or fifth inning, you're like, what are you See, doing? Yeah, I don't understand but, that. That's that but modern if, analytics. But if that's the case, and that's what we're doing, then give me some more studs in the bullpen. Yeah, it's a fair point. Philip, I asked you this on the way out. Yo, it, yes, do, you, do you believe... Uh, with the addition of Graveman, it did cost Corey Lee, so I got to bring that up. From an efficiency standpoint, yeah. the Astros didn't have a lot of bullets. They just used one yeah. of them to go get a reliever. So that's one fewer prospect that you have to go to the market. If the Astros stand pat, and this is what they have going into the postseason, how comfortable are you that they can win a game in the poll, win a series in the postseason, and get back to the ALCS for the seventh time in a row? I mean, Ed Urquidy, and I like our chances. Come on. I mean, you know, the, the people, the, the names are on the backs of the jerseys, you know, and that kind of means something. You guys talked to it before about playoff experience. You know, of course, right now I'm thinking of the Rangers, but beyond that, you know, those names count, and, you know, I like our chances. I trust the organization. Like I said, I've doubted them in the past, and I've eaten my words, but, you know, uh, go Jim Crane, go Dana Brown, man. Uh, you know, Astro Nations follows you, buddies. There it is. You know? Appreciate it. Philip in Pearland giving us a call here on Next Up. We'll see what Dana Brown wants to do. I'm sure. One, to, go ahead. One more thing. What if I told you Brantley comes back in a month? I can't bet on that. I know we can't bet on but what if I just told you that's what's going to happen? And everybody, and everybody stayed healthy. I need to see it. I, like, I understand we're, we're crapping, you know, like a lot of Astros fans feel like they're crapping on the, oh, you didn't get anybody, all this. If you just get healthy, this is, this is a, and I understand the standard we run a race. This is a World Series team. Well, I don't know how many World Series teams are out there. This is a World Series reigning team. They just won one, just been there, done that. If they get back healthy, 92% of the people who were on the roster last year winning World Series, yeah, they could do it again. Just get healthy. I don't know, Gordy. I need to see. I'm optimistic. 
you know, I, I, I picked the Astros to win the AL West coming into the season, even knowing the injuries that we had coming in. At a certain point, though, it becomes insurmountable. We're not there yet, but it is, uh, it's interesting, it's compelling, and we will continue to watch, listen, and talk Astros baseball here on Sports Talk 790 as we are a home for Astros and your home for Houston Port. Houston Sports, excuse me. Texans have rest, wrapped up camp, if I could talk, Gordy. I see some C.J. Stroud updates we will discuss on the other side, taking your phone calls, texts, and tweets at Sports Talk 790. What's going on to the good people HTX? Thank you for hanging up with us for another 26 minutes here on Next Up. Matt Thomas, Ross Virial coming your way. I am at Stan Sportsman. He is at Chris Gordon. Finishing up some Astros talk, and I want to get over to I'm um, seeing some tweets come out about uh, Texans practice, and uh, not all of those are good. For now, let's go to the phones, though. My, our boy Ron has been holding for a while. Ron wants to get in on some Astros talk. Good afternoon, or good morning, rather, to you. How you feeling, Ron? Hey, how's it going? Uh-huh. I was just going to – can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, yeah, I was just going to continue the pitching conversation. I was looking at, like, the league ERA is, is up almost, you know, nearly a half a point from last year. And do you think maybe with some of the rule changes and everything, there's just not that much pitching even out there to go get? And it seems like a lot of the games – we've gotten some, quite a few, like, shootouts with, like, the Rangers. There's just, like, a lot of high-scoring games where they're leaning more – you know, let's, we're leaning more on our offense going into, into the postseason. It's an interesting thought. I can tell you that runs are up across Major League Baseball. Steals are up. Activity on the base pads. Uh, again, you get a, a bigger base. We know that they made the base pads bigger this year. Uh, you know, the, the analytics all say basically swing for the fences. Uh, so you get a higher strikeout rate, but you also get balls that are leaving the ballpark. And, you know, exit velo, guys trying to put the bat on the ball, just swing hard as hell. So all of that helps to your point, though. And my brother Gordy brought that up as well. We talk so much about pitching, and we know how paramount that is in baseball. This may be more about Altuve and Yanner Diaz and Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. This may be about bats as much as it is or more than it is about arms. So, Ron, I, you bring up a good point, and I would lean to agreeing with you just given how taxed the bullpen is. And quite frankly, I don't know that I fully trust the frontline starters on this roster right now. So the bats may be the, uh, the, the stimulus package, if you will, for this team this year. I agree with you. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think we, if we get deeper into the games, especially we could at least lean on the bullpen. There just might that might be more available, and it just might be like the starting pitching out there is just is not a lot to, to get from. Really. Yeah, and and there are more teams. I appreciate the call, Ron. There are more teams, Gordy, that are in contention than years past. Yeah. So a lot of people are going all in. And more teams are reluctant to move off what they have. General Manager Dana Brown said of the Astros over the weekend, I wish they would move, meaning him, he wishes they would move the trade deadline back to like the second week of August. Give teams more time to be definitive are yeah, we going to make true. a push or not? You agree with that's, that? Well, that's the problem. We added more playoff teams here recently, yep. you know, extra wild card games and all this, that it's... You're, you have more teams in contention, and it's funny. You know, I saw the the Cubs decided yesterday, we're not selling. 
We're keeping Cody we're Bellinger. We're not. Sa- well, but they're only a couple games out. Again, like it's you're, you're still you're still in the hunt. It's it's. I get it. You know, if you're eight games out, I get it. There, we'll pull the plug on the on the season or whatever. But the Chicago Cubs are four games back of the division leading Reds. Yeah, they have very much. You go on a heater one week, you jump the Brewers and the Reds. You're you're in control of that division. So look around. Right, National League West. Diamondbacks four games back. They're in third place. Dodgers and, and then and, followed by San Fran. But to the Diamondbacks' point, that's a team that has been total crap in recent years. Awful. Right now, you're four games out at the deadline. Hell yeah, let's go for it, they brother. Will be let's one go of the teams, all in. Push they, our chips in. Right. They would be one of the teams that can go all in, and they have the ammunition to do it. They've got the prospects because they've been god awful for the last. I hate that term. Now, they've been awful for the last. Now, let me give you a, na- a name that uh, is being floated out there, and this is a team that's still in contention. The AL East is op- absolutely a it's it's a it's a prize fight out there in in, ball, in um in the AL East. Yeah, that's the best. The division Orioles in beat up on the Yankees last night. They lead that division. The Rays are one and a half out yep. because they took two out of three against the Astros. Yep. The Blue Jays five and a half back. The Boston Red Sox are eight, eight back, back. Yep. but they're still very much in the wild card hunt. There's a name that was floated out there. Uh, they are listening to offers for Alex Verdugo, their outfielder. Ooh. That is a left-handed hitting Ooh. outfielder that Ooh. could, you know, would Ooh. be a nice upgrade for the Astros. Now, my only thing with Verdugo is he's having a nice year. Batting 272, seven home runs, 39 runs batted in. In the month of July, he cooled off. Batting just 145 this month. Uh, only 10 hits in, in the month. So, uh, compare that to had 30 hits in the month of June. So, he's cooled off a little bit here. Uh, now maybe why the Red Sox are trying to sell them, but just a name that maybe might not cost you much to, to to add. The problem, and we keep coming back to this, might not cost you much. The Astros don't have much. So what are you willing to give up now that Corey Lee is already out the door? You did that to get Kendall Graveman from the White Sox. Dylan Cease does not sound like a name that is the White Sox are not open to dealing him. Right. They're going to hold on to him. At least that's what the report's right now. So if you're Dana Brown, what else are you willing to give up to go get a Verdugo? They have a surplus of outfield help, but are would the would you be willing to give up an outfielder and would a team take an outfielder to get a Verdugo, for example? Well, and, and that's where, you know, when we talk about prospects, like you know, Corey Jolks has been a nice piece, but the fact he's 26-27, the teams aren't interested in that. I, I look at the Astros' prospects. Drew Gilbert obviously would be at the top of people's list. He's 22. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the first-round draft pick a year ago. But let's just say he's out. How about Jacob Melton? He's your number two best prospect. I haven't seen him. I don't know he's, anything about he's him. He's at high A, but he's 22. Like I'm saying, those are the kind of guys. Colin Barber, he's 22. He's at he's at 2A right now. He's How's Aaron Getty doing? If somebody wanted a young Spencer arm, Argetti, he's yeah. he's doing fine. He's he's actually he's eighth on this list. If they updated the prospect list prospect list now, he'd probably be top five. Uh, you know, closing from an Astros five. prospect. Yeah. I'm just saying, if, when we look at the Astros prospect list right now, they're number one, two, three, four, five, six. Their top six prospects are all outfielders. You have depth there to to move off from all of those right. guys if you want. Uh, Pedro Leon is one that's been floated out there too. He's been in the system for a couple of years. He's been solid. He's a Triple A, but he's 25. And the one behind him, Justin Dearden, who was having a nice spring training, almost made this roster. He's 26. Again, teams that are sellers, that are looking to move, they want the 20 and 22-year-olds. They're not interested in 26 and 27-year-olds. 
case-by-case basis. I'm not completely where you are, but I'm more in line with what you're thinking. It will be interesting to see. Trade deadline approaches. Uh, By the way, did you see the grade for the Kendall Graveman deal? I saw ESPN.com gave the Astros a B plus, I believe, for the Kendall Graveman signing. So I think that was How do you even grade that? I mean, I don't know. They already decided Yonder Diaz is the catch of the future. He's the dude. Corey Lee didn't even play up here at all this year. And you go get Kendall Graveman, a solid piece who can be a stud reliever slash closer for you. You know, if, if you wanted to put him ahead of Presley or spot close to bots. I don't know. I, I, when I saw the trade, I was like, that's great. I didn't see any, like, negative, oh, God, Astros. No, and with the addition of Cesar Salazar, you have a back, uh, essentially a third catcher yeah, he's with fine. Corey Lee. So you have somebody that's developing in Cesar Salazar. Oh. Clearly, Yana Diaz is going to be the deal. And then, obviously, Martin Maldonado, Destiny Loves. You got something breaking? Breaking news from Rob Nightingale. The Detroit Tigers are letting, letting it be known they are definitely trading starters. Eduardo Rodriguez and Michael Lorenzen. It is simply a case of seeing which team blinks first with their high price tag. So they have a high asking price. Michael Lorenzen's been a guy that the Astros have been interested in. They've already called on him a couple of times. Mm. Now it becomes, can Detroit come down off of what they're asking? I like Eduardo Rodriguez personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Stan. Yeah, I like Rodriguez. But again, Dana Brown, do you have the ammunition in conjunction with the other teams? I don't know. Clearly, he's making the calls. He's doing his due diligence. Texans training camp racked up. Uh, first day in pads. Let's come back. Let's look at some nuggets there. And we'll get ready to hand off to Matt Thomas and Ross Virial. This is next up in Warm Sports Talk 790. Get money. What's going on to the good people? H-O-U, Clutch City, Space City, Bayou City. What's going on? Get ready to wrap up here. Next up, hand things over to Matt Thomas. Uh, we've got some Texans at the podium. Who did we hear from yesterday? I saw Devin Singletary, RB2. I saw C.J. Stroud, QB1-ish. And we also heard from Jerry Hughes. Uh, by the way, Jerry Hughes still looking good. Long in the two. Proud of Jerry Hughes. He's uh, had a really good career based on how he came into the league, and 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 he's a good dude. He was really articulate about where we are with this Houston Texas team and and where he thinks the ceiling could be. On the podium today, I'm looking at Aaron Wilson, who joined us earlier in the show, live from first padded practice for the Houston Texans. Uh, Will Anderson Jr. is on the podium or was on the podium. Will Anderson Jr. Gordy up to 260 pounds as a true defensive end. I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to put the weight on to uh, to play to play that position. A guy who was a linebacker slash outside linebacker at Alabama mm-hmm. used him a lot off the edge. But you know, to be a f- true D end in the NFL, you got to have you got a little bit more muscle. You got to have a little bit of meat on your yeah. bones. He looks when I was playing the position and how Will and like we are both long, rangy guys, you can't really see the weight on him. Right. Uh, so I, I but, think... But, but when we talk about setting the edge in the NFL, mm-hmm. you've got to have meat. So there are a couple ways to do it. Yes, you would prefer to have girth and be able to anchor against the run at the point of attack in setting the edge. You can also do it by alignment. And I think that's when you hear D'Amico say wide nine technique, Nine technique, defensive end, kind of out there in space, just 
crashing down. You can do it from alignment and with intensity, obviously playing with leverage. So there will be some of that in there. I imagine Will Anderson Jr. will probably grow into his grown man body. I can see him playing in the 265. I don't think he needs to get to 270. I would get concerned about carrying that type of weight. So, like, yeah, 265-ish. But let's see. Also, a note from Texans camp. C.J. Stroud. Uh, he almost threw. Let me make sure I read this right. C.J. Stroud threw his first interception of camp earlier to Blake Cashman. Blake Cashman almost picked him off yesterday when I was out there. Stroud was picked off a second time today by Derek Stingley. Our very own Aaron Wilson, Texans Insider, says coaches and players have been raving about Derek Stingley Jr. and how he has looked and performed thus far in training camp, Gordy. Music to our ears. Yeah, it wasn't just a pick. It was a pick six. Pick six, yeah, to the house, for, yeah. For a touchdown. Um, yeah, look, that's, to me, any good plays we're getting out of Derek Stingley Jr., it's just, we need that. That We need this guy, the, the proverbial light bulb to come on in year two. We need all of that because, uh, let's face it, if he can be a stud, then this secondary is going to be really, really good. No question. D'Amico Ryan's on the podium earlier about an hour ago. Quote, I love the way Stingley is practicing right now, end quote. So a defensive mind that D'Amico Ryans is praising his young corner. He know he's got a real one there. I just need Stingley to stay healthy and continue to progress. If you did not hear us earlier, the Aaron Wilson interview is up on Sports790.com or we'll be here shortly. You can hear from him. Dalton Schultz not practicing today. Christian Kirksey not practicing today. Who else? Sheldon Rankins did not sound like he was practicing today. Some dudes are out. Some of that maybe vet days off. Some of that also precautionary measures, especially with Dalton Schultz, who had like a hip pointer or, or something there in the lower abdomen area when he collided with Jimmy Ward yesterday. I don't think anything to be alarmed at, Gordon, but just something to keep our eyes on with the pads coming on today. Yeah, any kind of nicks and bruises or, you know, uh, this guy took a hit, so he's he's out. All those are fine. It's the the catastrophic ones we want to avoid. It's all the you know the ones where the the Joe Burrow calf, the Jalen Ramsey was it the knee? Jalen um, Ramsey, yeah, he's got to get a meniscus. You know, all that's surgery. Those are the ones that scare the hell out of you. And so you can't do anything about it. I mean, look, injuries are going to happen. You just uh, you just pray that everything everything stays steady. And it's it's crazy to think now, Stan. It's Monday, a week from Thursday. We will be talking about the Texans' first preseason game up in New England. Ooh, I'm looking at video up on the Houston Texans' Twitter page. Mechie going against Dez King. Oh, that looks good. By the way, I asked D'Amico Ryans when I was at practice yesterday. I was like, Coach, uh, why we got Mechie back there returning punts? I don't, I don't need him back there. <laughs> yeah. So it was Dez King... Who else was back there? Oh, Tank Dale, Dez King, Steven Sims, and then Matthew was back there. I was like, no, no, no. See, I don't think Sims is going to make the team, so. Somebody's got to return. So I, if they, I, they I moved on tank. from Amari Rogers, so who's the return man right now? Dez tank King Del. and who? Tank Dale. I will be cool with that. I'm all right with Tank Dale being back there. So I just see it makes me feel good. Ooh, Matthew on the option route. Oh, that looks good. All right, anything else Texans-wise over the weekend that you saw? Uh, Trey, anything from you that you saw over the weekend? My overall observation when I was out there yesterday, K-1 
Case Keenum, Case Keenum might be the best quarterback over there from a, a performance. <laughs> like, he was crispy. I told you, you he, wanted to put him in the coaching No, room. he's a damn professor. He keep that clipboard and keep that hat backwards and stand your ass over there. Yeah, let's let's start CJ. Case can be the backup. Let's trade Davis. Let's go. Davis Mills, first of all, has no trade value right now, number one. Sure he does. You no, just talked him up, said he could be a starter. Right now, league. between CJ, Davis, to me, if I had to go play a game tomorrow, Davis Mills would be my starter. Yeah, so the, how does a guy like that have no trade value? Because other teams can't see that. I'm seeing it because I'm over there. Other we'll, teams we'll don't send see them, that. We'll send them the film. You don't send the teams. <laughs> Any Stanford coaches in the uh, the league? Yeah, where's David Shaw? You guys are. Here's David Pat Shaw, Hamilton. head coaching job, and let him go get Davis Mills. Will Anderson Jr. did look good yesterday going up against, uh, he had a really good rush versus Titus Howard, where, you know, he swiped the hands down and came, uh, set him upfield, came right back underneath on the inside, and that would have been a sack. The overarching for me, my takeaway, and I asked D'Amico O'Reilly about this yesterday, all of those quarterbacks are holding on to the ball way too long. And D'Amico said, yeah, that's the area that we need to get significantly better in. So it's just something to monitor. Matt Thomas may have some thoughts on that as he and Ross Viriel come your way here. Gordy, I'm going to get some lunch. Ooh, tomorrow we got trade deadline. Trade deadline. Well, the Astros League make a move. Yeah. Sounds like, uh, who did you say we're going to be sellers? You just had a team that were going to be sellers. Tigers. Who? The Tigers. There Cardinals. we go. We will see what happens there. That's Trey Campbell. That's Chris Gordy for staying Northley and the fellas here on Next Up. We appreciate you trusting us with your time the last two hours. God willing, let's do it again. I'm going to get some lunch. You do the same. Y'all be well. Astros in action. Cleveland Guardians at Minute Maid Park tonight. Y'all be well. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.